0: Hello and welcome to Plot Tris. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing I'm Only Wicked with You by Julianne Long.
1: So this is releasing in August of 2021 and is the third in the Palace of Rogue series. And we have a very special guest today. We have Natalie, who is on Instagram at Kiss and Let Me Tell You, and also has a really awesome merch site for romance novel stuff, which is called Romance Novel Merge. <laughs> and um, so welcome, Natalie. Hi,
2: thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: And full disclosure, we all did receive um, a complimentary advanced review copy from NetGalley. But you know, I don't pull punches, so <laughs> nothing to
0: worry about. So we have reviewed the first two books in this series. Um, We have adored the first two books in this series, um, and both of which were relatively recent. So you don't have to scroll back too far through the endless Spotify slash
1: Google podcast slash Apple podcast thread to find them. (laughs) And then, oh, I just want to mention too that uh, Natalie has been our co-host for the Palace of Rogues getaway read along that we've been doing. And so this is the culmination of everything. Basically, we read this book, thought it was amazing. And then we're like, we really should read the others to prepare the whole world for this great book. Um, So this is the end point of the entire read along.
0: This isn't the end of the series though, right?
2: No, I didn't think so. We'll have to pick back up in December.
1: Yeah, there's one coming out in December. How is she that prolific? Wait, and then there's another one coming out in June. So guys, get ready.
2: She's real busy because she, I don't know if you know this, but she and I are pen pals. (laughs) And she's... (laughs) She's all, she's just always like, oh, I'm under deadline. I'm under pressure. And they want to know what the, like my, the idea for the next book is. And I was like, I have some ideas. <laughs> I really like friends to lovers. So <laughs> try to help her out. But she's, she's constantly writing under pressure. I don't know
0: that I can read as fast as she writes. No, I know. It's amazing. Dang. righty. So as usual, we'll kick things off here with the book jacket. He's the battle-hardened son of a bastard, raised in the wilds of New York. She's the sheltered, blue-blooded darling of the London broadsheets, destined to marry a Duke. Their worlds could only collide in a boarding house by the London docks. And when they do, the sparks would ignite all of England.
1: Nothing can stop Hugh Cassidy's drive to build an American empire unless it's his new nemesis, the arrogant, beautiful, too clever by half Lady Lilius Vaughan. The fascination is mutual, the temptation is merciless, and the the inevitable indiscretion, soul-searing, and the ruination of them both. Hugh's proposal salvages Lilius's honor but kills their dreams for their futures until they arrive at a plan that could honorably set them free.
0: But unraveling their entanglement, it inadvertently uncovers enthralling truths about Lilius's wounded, tender heart and fierce spirit, about Hugh's stunning gentleness,
1: depth and courage. Soon Hugh knows that as surely as he'd fight a thousand battles to win her, the best way to love Lilius means breaking his own heart.
2: Lane, what did you think
0: about the book jacket? Thanks so much, Natalie, for asking.
1: Um, You know, I think it's a little more wrought than the books are in tone. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this is way too much for what this book is. This not, is this not that angsty. Yes. It's not inaccurate. Right. Because all of this stuff happens, but it's also not, I'm going to be honest, if I read this, I'd be like, okay, this sounds a little bit too much for me right now. And the book just isn't it
0: all. No, this book is perfect. Like this is still a series with like hysterical storytelling around the fire and ridiculous hotel guests. Like it's just, it's never this, Serious. Yeah. All right, so as usual, we generated a random number and wrote our own summaries using the number of words, wait, and wrote our own summaries based on that number. And uh, this week, the random number was 40.
1: Yeah, it was a a big week for us, and luckily, Natalie got to participate as well. It would have been really disappointing if we'd gotten like one for Natalie. I know. I know who
0: do you want to go first because mine is all like inflection based so I need to I might have to give a couple runs Lilius is too sad to paint and it takes meeting Hugh to restore color to her life when she's not sure if they really like each other but is definitely sure they want to make out she grows up so fast (laughs)
2: lane I'm in love with you that was awesome Thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> All right, here's mine. Hugh's he a bear fighting log cabin building American in London. Lolius is a diamond of the first water earl's daughter. Their immediate attraction and enmity build to an explosive performance with unfortunately an audience. They may avoid social ruination, but their marriage will actually ruin their lives.
0: There are parts of that where that were a straight up tongue twister, and I am impressed. <laughs> well, thank you. Diamond of that. the first water earl's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> did
1: you like the rhymes? I did. I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> All right. All right. All righty. Here we go. In a shocking twist, Mr. Cassidy grows claws, and Lillis and I think he's a jerk. But there's also a little gap between his body and his pants. And as Paris Hilton says, that's hot. So he's forgiven.
0: I think there's a really important moral in your story. And it's that um, a really nice body is something that can forgive a lot of sins.
2: Mm -hmm. Or visual creatures.
0: Um, So, Meg, did you identify a Gentleman Jackson's Get Fit Workout?
1: I mean, I don't know if you heard my summary, but he fights bears. I think that's all you need to have like a smoking body. I think we
0: do veer into um, physical activity as a distraction from erections in
1: this book. In this <laughs> case, it is stage building. Yes, we do. Yes. We do. I love that trope, actually. It's and one I love of my that favorites. For and for him too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, he gets angry and he takes it out on like the the wood, salvaged wood that he's using to build the stage. And there's a
0: lot of like really subtle comparisons to his body as, as rigid as the wood he's working with. Very subtle. Incredibly, just incredibly subtle.
1: That's great. So um, what is the main trope of this book? I mean, I'm thinking enemies to lovers, but...
0: It's, for me, it's a hybrid of enemies to lovers and class conflict.
1: Yeah, yeah. Class conflict is a big one, especially it's the society lady and the American. Right? <laughs> Which is so funny because like
0: the reverse
1: isn't a conflict at all, just a trope. No, no, not at all. It's not a conflict. It's the, it, 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 yeah, we've seen so many American heiresses, right? Mm-hmm. But and then it's is like- the other way around. What's another one with a uncouth American man? Um, yeah. the, oh God. The one of the
0: ones by Lisa Kleypas.
1: Yes. Daisy's boy is American. Daisy's boy. Yeah. <laughs> right. But they're both American though. That's true. Yeah. She's not, she's not upperclass. There
2: is. The, oh, but no, the the, the,
0: the, earlier one, one of Westlip's yes. sisters marries an American.
2: Yes, that one. No, Again, the younger magic. sister. The younger
1: sister. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Not, not the one
2: who's horribly like burned. Not Aileen. Not Aileen. No, the yeah. other
1: sister. Yeah, the other sister. And then there's that. There's that Elizabeth Hoyt too. Remember that one in the Four Soldiers series? Oh, you haven't read it, Lane. Have you read it, Natalie? It's Wait, who subscribe. is it? Elizabeth Hoyt Mm-mm. with Samuel. No. Anyway, all right. Well, we we all missed that one, I guess. <laughs> sorry that's okay it's a pretty good one but I would say in this case we we talk a lot about how the Scots are like the barbarians right but I think Americans can sometimes take the place I think with Scots it's more like an innately
0: Scotch temper yes that gets bandied about in romance novels like you don't know what he's gonna do you can't expect him to like keep his temper in check Mm -hmm. whereas with Americans it's more they're uncouth because they're gauche yes, and because there's this element of like no one knows what America is and thinks it's much more of a wild west Mm -hmm. than it is especially hilariously because like the wild
1: west didn't really exist at this point in time yes I kept (laughs) thinking when when he was like describing his Hudson Valley home Mm -hmm. as like the frontier I was actually kind of sad because I was like oh it's like Oh, he was talking about the huge trees, that were like cathedrals, and I was like, "Well, that's like all gone, all gone."
0: I mean, and not that's bad. kind of the intonation of me laughing while reading my summary of the wilds of New York.
1: I know no. plenty of
0: New York is still like
1: ruralish, but it's not wild. It's not the same. There's no bear roaming around that's going to eat your dog, just like in your own backyard, probably, right?
0: Isn't it? I mean, you might see a Clinton. Is that the same?
1: I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that counts. All right, okay. What else have we got? Uh, they get compromised. They get really compromised. This isn't like fake compromised because they she tripped on him. Or like got stuck in furniture or got stung yes. by a bee.
2: Pandora, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they get real compromised.
0: With like several witnesses, there is no going back. No. They
1: are literally on a stage and I loved it. Meg maybe spoiled that in her summary, but. Sorry. Whatever.
0: She is like the prettiest person who ever lived. Yeah. You have a real Venetia
2: situation. Yeah, yeah. But he also has like a killer smile.
1: He is too, he's like very charismatic. Yeah,
0: I got the impression he was real hot, but the specific way that she's like in every newspaper. Yeah. Is a specific trope that I feel like shows
1: up in romance novels. Absolutely. Yeah. So, as Lane said in her summary, she's too sad to paint. Like the artist who cannot create. Yeah. Due to feelings. Now, this reminds me of. A KOTAR. <laughs> <laughs> <Nick. laughs> that was for you, Elaine. That was for you.
0: But she doesn't have real depression and PTSD. She just has sad girl heartbreak.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's depressed. She's depressed. Yeah, but,
0: but she doesn't have PTSD
1: for sure. No, I was going to say, there's this, she was not entrapped under a mountain and forced to kill some thieves. no. And yet I felt like way sadder for Lilius than I did for Feyre. I would just say that much. Okay, that is um,
0: what it is. Yeah. So they live together in the Royal Palace
1: on the Thames. The, yes, in the Grand The Grand Palace, Palace.
0: Palace on the Thames.
1: Sorry, sorry, sorry. And because of the rules of the Grand Palace on the Thames, they have to eat dinner together four times a week and they have to hang out together in the drawing room four times a week. So they have to have true for the drawing room. On the couch. They do not, do they? Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm.
2: I thought that was a trope for a second for the series. You too. I it's Thank not.
1: You. <laughs>
0: Honestly, are they ever alone in that room together?
1: No.
2: There's not, not a... even
1: opportunity.
2: No. Mm-hmm. Just other places. But Girl. I mean they could wander down in the middle of the night like everybody else did.
1: They had to go on the roof though. Yeah. Roof, stage.
2: I mean, that kind of fits Lilith's adventurous spirit. So, yeah.
0: We're not really fine with it, but we're talking ourselves into being fine with it.
2: Yeah. We're, we're working our way. I think the couch is just really the one that's most disappointed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's like, listen, we've got one thing we've really come to expect. And the other thing is compared to the first two books in this series, this stays chaster longer. Like, you got burning it, sexual tension through a lot of the book, but there is, like, nothing beyond kissing and, like, unlacing her corset strings into, like, 70% of the way through the book.
2: No, it's 90% before they have sex. Right, but
0: I'm counting like, the but, woods um, scene as, like, more. I oh, that, too. Okay. That,
2: that,
0: that that's, like, 70. Yeah. <laughs> no, I so agree with you, have- penetrated sex is 90, but, like, I'll give the woods its due. <laughs>
1: I mean, you have to, that scene (laughs) was like so hot. So they are both into
0: someone else. Yeah, so they're both nursing broken hearts Mm -hmm. when they
1: meet. And so like, is this a rebound trope? You tell me. That's a great question. I don't think so. I don't either. I don't think it's a rebound trope. Neither of them are sure the other one is over, (laughs) which I think complicates it. Yeah, well they never and they never were with the other person either. So I can't, it's definitely not rebound trope. Okay. Yeah, it's just
2: understood. Like they just kind of have.
1: So wait, is this a trope plane that meeting an American makes you question the whole structure of Britain? (laughs) Yes.
2: Okay. You know what? I would say so because there's nothing in Lilith's, I was thinking about this, there's nothing in her past or in her story that shows that she is frustrated with England or with the culture besides the fact that she feels like she's a game Mm -hmm. because she's receiving a lot of flowers. There's nothing in her that says, like, I am unhappy in my country. This doesn't fit me until she meets him. And then she's suddenly indignant on his behalf about, like, all the privilege. Mm Mm-hmm. And I do
0: think it happens enough in that, like, even if it's not meeting an American, that might be a generalization, but like meeting a man who isn't aristocracy or meeting a man who's decided to care about his crofters as people suddenly the pretty pretty princess who just was dressed in pearls and silks realizes it's mm-hmm. hard out there for other people and the experience of this one man suddenly makes her willing to cast aside everything she's ever
1: known oh so you're thinking of like when a rogue meets his match
0: yeah so american might have been a generalization but like gotcha woman in a high tower gets brought down real quick is very much a trope and the americanness i think natalie is right is definitely her reasoning mm-hmm. yeah um, I thought this was a good pun: morning sex, but morning <laughs> with you.
1: God, yes. This, this is this is also becoming yeah. a series trope. Yeah. The yeah. grief sex.
0: All right, but grief isn't as funny as a wordplay.
1: No morning. No. <laughs> isn't <funnier>.
0: Thank you.
1: <laughs> okay. Did you like this book? I loved this book.
2: Natalie? I did like this book. Overall, I think it's fantastic. I think it's on par with what we've come to love and expect, not just from JAL, but from the series. It's a couple of things I didn't love, but overall, I mean, it's so strong. It's hilarious. It's It seamlessly transitions the series from onto a new couple, but it still keeps like all those side characters that we love like you know, in enough of our peripheral vision to just make it like a seamless, you know, transition from one book to the other. And I re- really, I also really enjoyed this book
0: and I thought like as a piece of writing, it was really good. It might be my least favorite of the series though, mm-hmm. primarily because of something I think Julianne Long did really well. <laughs> Lilis is, Lilias, Lilis, Lilis, Lila.
1: I, I mean, I say Lilius, but do you That's say
0: cool. Lilius is really young. She is young. And like, she is dealing with her first heartbreak in a really overdramatic way and dealing with attraction to like this adult man for the first time in her life. And I thought it was all really well depicted, but it fundamentally kept me from getting like as invested in her as I was in Angelique and Delilah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this in this series, she's the first, like, young yeah. virgin. Very heroine. different heroine. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And, like, that's this is not a criticism of the book. This is just personal mm-hmm. preference. Like, I know a lot of romance novel heroines are young. But Lilia's problems in this book are specifically very young. She has a loving, supportive family. She's not, like, encountering what I would define as, like, External hardship, the way a lot of the heroines you see in romance novels are. She's just nursing her first, like
1: bruised heart. Oh, absolutely. She's her her internal conflict, her conflict is is very internal. You're right. And she and is very
0: born of an experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Not just
0: in love, but in life. And so I think those just aren't the heroines I connect with. And a piece of me was a little bit put off by how parental Hugh was toward her in action more than necessarily in thought. Cause clearly he was like, yeah, let's get dicked pretty early. But but I think like simultaneously her youth and his awareness of her youth and need to treat her as young combined to like give me some squeaky thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't love that. I definitely picked up on that too. And um... I yeah I highlighted something. There's something he says I can't. Oh, he tells her. He says the devil makes work for idle hands, Lady Lilith. I'm like, quit parenting her. Like i hate you too. Well, no, like mean, the
0: huh? yeah, like he at least in the the epilogue of the prior book and yeah. her recurring mantra of the things he said to her in this book always involved the phrase little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like. I thought it really worked with the characters. I understood their dynamic. It's just not something that I'm gonna be like, yes to.
1: Yeah, no, for me, it was more, it was like, yes, he was saying it because it pissed her off because that was their entire entire interaction up until they get compromised is that they just wanna piss each other off, right? So he's doing it number one to piss her off but I think also to like warn himself away
2: so yeah, I would say really so because, it. yeah, when he meets her, there's something about, he says he's like, he's never at the same time wanted to dislike somebody and also like pen them against the wall. So he is like warning himself away from her, like in like their very first scene again, like in chapter one. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out where his dislike for her was coming from. I'm like, you're really that pissed off because she's smoking a cigarette? Like, really? So or I even just to because out, Like where that's coming from for
0: him. A woman- above you in class who's not who's like not had to work for anything in her life it was definitely more personal than that he's perfectly
1: affable with plenty of aristocrats in the book right but they were they i mean those aristocrats are people who you know he respects because they work i mean i'm not saying it's good but i am saying i think that's where it came from you know she sees herself as above him because that's where she was born
0: But I think compared to her relative youth, not only is he actually in his late 20s, he's, like, lived some life. He has. Yeah. He's a sad, tragic orphan who lost much of his family in the war. Mm -hmm. He's, as Meg says, literally fought off a bear. Yeah. But he's just, he's old, not just in older than her, not just in age, but in life experience very significantly. And while I understand their fundamental attraction to each other, I actually don't know that I bought, they were in love at the end. Like I kind of was a little sad for her that she'd never like gotten out from under her parents' thumb and like experienced life outside of who she was supposed to marry.
1: Outside of a relationship? Yeah. Hmm.
0: I mean, I liked it and I'm glad they ended up together. And like, I'm glad they got a happily ever after, but I'm just saying like, I totally bought that Angelique and Delilah were getting like their happily ever after, after a lot of personal exploration and hard times. And I'm like, I still really love this book, but I think I'm trying to contextualize why like of the three, it's my least favorite. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to do with the writing or the plot. Like Julian Long puts a great story together. It's just that where these characters are at and how they interact with each other isn't what I find really romantic.
2: I mean, I find that like, as I'm getting older too, I identify more with older heroines and, and the young debutantes who are just go to balls. It's just, they're just not doing it for me anymore. <laughs> so I do, I just, yeah, I think it's, I think part of it is just me too. And kind of like what I'm, how much I can identify with the heroine too. Is yeah. I get a lot out of, you know, I think there's like a theory I heard somebody say, and it's like the theory is that a reader puts herself in the position of like the heroine. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of like live that life. And I think that, you know, the more different you are from a heroine, the you know, less you potentially enjoy the book.
1: I, I read something that's not exactly, it's not 100% romance novel related, but it's talking about how often a main character in a book will like to read because the person reading the book is going to identify with the main character. Because of course, when you're reading a book, it's because you like to read, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, Uh, yeah. So it's like very often you'll see someone who like really enjoys reading or whatever.
2: Have you noticed how many, and then um, I don't know how many like uh, contemporaries you guys are reading too, but I feel like a lot in contemporary, the heroines are reading romance novels a lot and a lot of the newer ones.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, even I feel like that's happening in in um, historicals too, but they're reading of yeah. course like Gothic novels or whatever. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Or mm-hmm. those really hilarious
0: ones from the second half of Bridgerton.
2: Mrs. Buttersworth.
1: Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I I personally really I liked it, and I thought Lilius' character progression was really interesting and authentic because i mean yes she's dealing with her first heartbreak but then she's also dealing with learning that what so she's learning not only that is she heartbroken because this guy doesn't want to be with her he's marrying someone else she's also realizing that okay if i'm not going to be with him then everything i thought about my life is a lie like everything i thought that was going to happen is not going to happen everything i foundational that I thought was real is not real. So I did feel like it was an actual conflict, like an actual thing that could happen to someone. So I personally really bought it. I bought her conflict. And the other thing I thought was really
0: interesting about it is I think Julianne Long does a great job of implying and showing, but not explicitly saying that she derived a lot of joy from the endless whirl of balls and male attention, partially because she got to be above it. Mm-hmm. Because she had this love match.
1: She didn't have to worry. With a suitable person. Someone.
0: Yes. Right, so like not only is it that not having him means she has to rethink her whole life and the plans for it, but also that it's really thrown into perspective how much, uh, like she's treated like an object and how shallow the pursuit of these men has felt
1: and has been yes i was actually really into that scene with the roses i really liked it i was more into the I, scene
0: after when they make out
1: i mean that didn't hurt either
2: i don't know i well, had i had kind of a different experience with Lilith. i had a hard time with her i felt like I don't know if it kind of goes back to what Lane was saying about how she's just kind of younger and this is kind of like the first thing but I just felt like I kept waiting the whole book to like get her. Like I just felt like I yes, she was like heartbroken. She spends the whole book like kind of depressed and a little bit restless and trying to like she's kind of like floating around but I don't know. I just kept waiting for like a little more depth and maybe it's just that she is just younger and she just hasn't developed that yet. Um I don't know, I just kept feeling like, I just kept waiting to really like click with her. I just, I had a hard time with her.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I I don't think I connected with her. I think she was authentically young and struggling to me.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's why I felt like I was struggling with
0: her. Yeah, (laughs) But, but like, I do think she's figuring out how sheltered she's been to a degree. Within the confines of still being really sheltered. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the things that she's doing to break free are like the, the smallest little things. And her father's like really worried about her because one day she rides her horse really fast. Yeah. You know, like one day she goes up in the bell tower and rings a bell. You know, like these are not, she's not like sleeping with, you know, all the different people who propose to her. Just she didn't
0: run out away from eat. home. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm so one of the things
1: right. that I struggled with here. That
0: I don't in all romance novels. So I don't know if this is a fair criticism, but I feel like she's simultaneously young enough to be grounded, right, but old enough to be having sex and getting married. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's probably true of the time. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like we often see that presented in a romance novel text with a, a character being so infantilized and accepting it
2: while she's being portrayed as a romantic heroine. I think she didn't yeah. care. I think she was depressed and she's yeah. like, whatever, I don't care. However, I will say, I thought it was very strange that she never talks about friends. Um, mm-hmm. I know like female friendship is such a big deal with, between like Angelique and Delilah. And here, the only person you ever hear Lila's talk about is Giles. Giles, how do you say his name? Gilly. Yeah. Gilly. Oh, I thought cool? it was Jilly. <laughs> Gilly. Um, I'm like, I can understand she's grounded and her friends probably aren't allowed to like visit her at the docks, but like even in her perspective, you never really hear her talk about friendship. And I don't know. I just thought that was, that was strange. And yeah. I don't know if that tied into the, to the grounding that, that she was under or, or what? Yeah. And she talked about her family a lot. She was really, you know, like her
1: sister and her brother. Right. But, but yeah, it so says this yeah. book doesn't, I would agree with you. I don't think it fits in with like the found family, female friendship thing that we yeah. saw in the first two books. Well, in
0: the re- he doesn't have friends either, really, outside of the people he's met at the Grand Palace on the Thames.
2: But he didn't grow yeah. up in London either.
0: No, but I'm he doesn't like, expected. reflecting back on his life, he thinks of his family. He doesn't think of friends behind in London. I mean, in America, where are we? What is the time? <laughs> <laughs> back in wait, wait wolf wolfton was that his town something like yes that. like that. wolfton he wants to be mayor and he's worked with all these people and they all respect him but none of them have a name
2: except for amelia and her dad
0: yeah great. amelia and her dad have a name great we don't remember what it is well
1: we remember amelia <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he like anyway wait, he says he name? says the
1: word amelia a lot
0: it's, it's something with a W because I remember Wolf and their last Woodley? name was close. Woodley? Okay. Something. Good. We, we did it. We figured it out. Get it.
1: <laughs> All right. I, th- I also thought this book was. I did think this book was really funny. I laughed so much. Yeah, I th-
0: I laughed my ass off at several points in this. <sighs> Julian Long, like, Her characters and, like, the wry looks between them, even when it's just on the page, like, this person looked at this person. I feel like I totally get it, what she's saying, and I'm laughing right along with them. Yes.
1: Yeah. I thought Delacorte was, like, pitch perfect in this book. You know what I'm going to say,
0: so I'm not even going to say it.
1: Just, well, yes, I do know what you're going to say. You didn't like the
2: fart jokes? That's the one. (laughs) She makes a lot of fart jokes with Delacorte in this. Like, there's a lot like we get
1: it I mean (laughs) I have never met a fart joke I didn't like so this is my problem not Meg's so I liked it (laughs) that's what I'm saying (laughs) but I also oh my god when he talks about so we talked about how they get compromised they get compromised on stage they're like hot and heavy making out and Delacorte is like, I can't believe you actually got, like, a handful of her ass. I, I thought it was, like, marble. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: then he just, like, mimes, thwacking, goes, like, tink,
1: tink. I was like, this is so good.
0: <laughs> I was, I was
1: dying. I was, it
0: was so Well, weird. and even Delacorte's like, God, I'm so glad I'm not hot and I don't have these problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, oh I, I feel like she does a good job in this series of, not making anyone just comic relief like I think even Delacourt is a like fully developed character but also yes. not letting anyone like just become set
2: dressing because yeah. even Dot like people I mean we want to know where she's going and we want Delacourt to find the woman to just take care of him and love him like they are definitely comic relief but we're very emotionally invested in them
0: and rooting for them. I'm not yeah, like, oh, yes. they're not funny background characters who I don't ultimately care what happens to them.
2: We're laughing with them, not at them.
0: Most of the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> cool. I mean, I'm probably laughing
1: at them a little bit. You can't laugh at Dot? You just, she's just too precious to
2: laugh at.
1: I, I love, and that, like when Lilius shows up and she's like in a hurry and she's like, oh no, she's like, I have to come in. And she's like, but it's like, oh, wait, you need to pee? Get in here. Like, get in the house.
0: That's so funny. Well, and the other thing is I love that Dot believes it. Yeah. They I
2: really hope she it.
0: never. I hope she and Delacourt don't get their own books. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, and I don't think they will. I think their love stories will continue to happen in the background or whatever their stories are because I don't want to get that moment where like Dot's the POV character and like people think I'm slow and I don't get it, but I'm just good at pretending. Like I want her to sincerely believe that
1: Lily has just had to use the bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. So what did you think about the way they communicated? A, lo- a lot of romances use communication as a way to foster conflict. Like, you know, one, she's like, I don't know if he loves me, so I can't fall in love with him and I'll be super cold to him. And it, it is one of my pet peeves. And I felt like that didn't really happen in this book. In fact, they're super open with each other. And I really liked it a lot. Like, I really liked they they're like making out they had a waltz and a garden fondle as lane likes to call them and then during the garden fondle they're both like yeah I'm kind of in love with someone else
0: I actually found it really funny the Mm -hmm. way that they could be so bluntly honest with each other about the fact that they were emotionally attached to someone else while not being able to keep their hands off each other Like, to me, it was played very humorously. If it had been played more seriously, I don't know if I would have liked it.
1: I I, I was into it. I liked it. I wish there'd
0: been a little more communication after. Like, one of the things that really struck me in that scene was that, like, this was his master plan to get this guy back for her. Mm -hmm. And she seemed pretty passive through all of it. And so I was really sad. And I, I know why Julian Long did this, but like, but he did finally like feel like he'd done his task. Mm-hmm. I did feel like she hadn't had much agency right. in their dynamic for a while, but it wasn't due to miscommunication, which right. I did appreciate.
1: I think it was just based on her not. I mean, this is, the whole, this is the whole thing about the character development, but she's, she doesn't know what she wants yet, you know? Yes. So, which I understand maybe could bother some readers.
2: She's <laughs> like just Lane. A few people directing her. She has a father who says, you're grounded, you're staying home and you're going to be with this person. And now Hugh is taking, he's been taking that role, right? He's been fussing at her and like parenting her. Mm-hmm. But he's going to say like, I'm going to take care of this for you. And she's just going to sit back and let him do it. Yeah. So,
1: so that means I did like at the end when she's like, okay, this is what I want. So I liked it. I did love that like the first affirmative statement
0: she makes about her life is the end. Like I was glad that was the end of her arc. Right,
1: I don't know, I, I, I was really into it.
0: <laughs> so um, what did you think of Gilly
1: as a romantic foil? I mean, I I liked it. I thought it was well done. I li- I liked that you really disliked him, but didn't really have a reason to. Kind of like Hugh did. I feel like you felt the, towards Giles the way Hugh felt towards Giles, and I liked it.
0: That's interesting, given Natalie's earlier point about the reader often taking the perspective
1: of the heroine. Hmm. I mean, you can disagree with me, but that's how I felt.
2: Well, okay, so then there's another theory that says, no, you don't take the perspective of the heroine, you actually take the perspective of the hero. Are you saying that's what I Meg's doing?
0: I'm saying that I kind of agree with you that some of the one I struggled with in this book was getting in Lilius's head, mm-hmm. but I agree with Meg that the way I saw Giles was very much the way Hugh saw
2: him. Well, is that just because of the way it's written? It's written in his perspective? Were you supposed to see him that way?
1: A lot of it is written from Lilius's perspective, but Lilius is now seeing him from a from Hugh's perspective, right? So it's like
0: like the thing where they're waltzing together and he's not even there,
2: right? Yeah, it's probably the first time she's ever had anybody to compare him to, like anything different than just the you know dandies and the flops or fops or whatever they call them fobs.
0: Were you guys a little surprised? Because I was, so maybe I should word the question differently. What was your impression at how little had ever been spoken or understood between Gilly and Lilius?
1: Was I surprised? I was not, and I I think it's because of how Julian Long writes it. So she was writing; she wrote a lot about like English upper, like stiff upper lip and how they communicate and the fact that they communicate by like talking around an issue. And so because it was set up that way, it wasn't a huge surprise to me. I
0: just felt like her devastation at him announcing he was marrying someone else and like all of the vacants about two years ago and then two months ago, I was expecting there to have been a little bit more of an understanding.
2: I think because the families were just so close and they had always spent time together. I think that for her, it was just a natural progression of their relationship. And probably because there may, there was never any more other, there was never other competition for him until he starts to mention Wilhelmina. Henrietta. Um, Yeah, that one. (laughs) 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 Just making sure I didn't miss a character or,
1: okay. (laughs) No, Henrietta.
2: Um, that's fine too.
1: No, Harriet.
2: Harriet! Harriet! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, it's not Henrietta either. That's I'm no glad it, like, we went by degrees and we kept getting closer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we made it. We made it.
2: Um, this book is very reminiscent of what I did for a duke, which is just my favorite Julianne Long and one of my favorite books ever. It's very similar, but... It's not similar enough that they feel the same. There's enough differences. But the thing that happens in what I did for a Duke is it's the same type of thing where you have the young heroine and the friend and under the impression that they're going to have this, they have an understanding, but it's never spoken of. Um, and so to me, I think it wasn't really a stretch to read it this way because it was kind of like. I had I was kind of familiar with the way this plot kind of goes, and um, so it wasn't strange to me, I guess, because I had kind of seen it that they had they had an unspoken understanding. At least I thought that they did.
1: I I so going back to your original question, or I maybe the question before that one was how I liked the foil. I liked it a lot, actually. The romantic foil of Giles versus Hugh. Um, with Giles, I mean, his whole thing is that he just like Lilius has been sort of just floating through life and he has these expectations of what's going to happen and he has never challenged it. And then, you know, the first time it is challenged is that's when he's like, okay, I do want Lilius after all. Right. But contrasted with Hugh where his whole life is, he has been fighting for everything that he wants. Uh, And then when he decides, okay, I'm going to let Lilius decide, I don't know. I thought they were very, very nice foils for each
2: other. I liked it a lot. But see, both Hugh and Lilius both had an an unspoken agreement with somebody because that's exactly what Hugh was doing with Amelia. They never had a conversation. He just always assumed that they were going to be together. And then you meet Amelia at the end and she's not on the same page at all. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the, you know, the other
1: romantic pairing is that both of them had these ideas about this other person that weren't true at all. I think they had to realize like, oh, I've been painting my future on this canvas that is not a canvas, right? Like it's, it's its own thing. It's a sculpture. And I was painting the wrong thing on it, you know? Yeah. The parallels between them really worked for me. mm Mm-hmm. I was really into it. I was like, I was just really into this book, guys. I thought the structure of this book was like really good. I think I'm into structure. Yeah, I
0: think my, when they both just revealed they'd never kissed the person in question that he'd crossed an ocean for and she'd spent two months in this degree of heartache for, I was like
1: oh. Okay. Can you say it again? You well, I don't know if it happened to you, Natalie. You you dropped out. I a thought bit. it was
2: me. This again? No,
1: no. Uh, sorry. I, I think
0: when they both revealed they'd never kissed the person that they'd either crossed an ocean or spent two months in like utter devastation over. I was like,
2: really? Hmm. Okay. For, for Lilith, I believe it, but that's actually the one part of Hugh's arc that I have a really hard time with. Is is I feel like he wants, every now and then, he says these, like, raunchy things to her. And to me, it just comes off, like, a little out of character, because he he's never kissed Amelia, he's never made a pass at her, right? He doesn't really talk about, like, betting lots of women, and Lilith makes a comment about how, like, oh, he seems like the kind of person who would really appreciate, like, a walk through a garden. And then he goes and he tries to say something like kind of raunchy to her like, yeah, but you think of me, you know, in your bed at night. And I'm like, that's just like not, I don't know, that just the only part of his character that just, that, uh, I don't know, it just didn't seem cohesive with everything else to me. He just seemed like too much of a nice boy next door. It, it just, I don't know.
0: I think so this goes, goes back to Meg's like, they're just trying to upset each other. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I just liked it.
2: Yeah. You said right. did or did?
0: It goes back to Meg's point that they're both just trying to piss each other off.
2: And yeah. you said you disliked it or you did like it? Oh, no. And I just liked it. You just liked that they're just- I liked
0: the off. banter. I liked the snipping. I liked the way they kept trying to one-up each other with dirty comments. And especially, like, you know she's talking a bigger game than she's ever
1: played. Sure. And I get why he, like, is dying to call her out on that. But also, like, if I call her out on it, it's not going to end well. (laughs) So, like, I agree with you. I I, I don't, to me, I wasn't thinking
0: about if it was in character or not. And I want to reflect more on that. I was just really amused by
2: it. See, And I think I was, okay. So if if I take it in the context of like, he's just messing with her and that's not necessarily who he is, that makes a lot (laughs) more sense than her trying to pass off that he's really like this little playboy. Cause I'm like, I'm not getting that vibe from him at
1: all. She says, one of the things I loved about how she described him actually, um, I'm talking about Julianne Long. She says on several occasions that he has all of the skills to be a rogue, but chooses not to use them or something like that. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, so he's, he's like, I know I could, I know I could pull some ass, but I'm not gonna. (laughs) So I was like, okay, that's, that's the kind of guy he is.
2: I liked him. Yeah, no, I definitely did too. Those, he just made a couple comments that just I don't know. It I, doesn't, I, I, doesn't I did not that. read it like he was actually a
0: playboy. Uh-huh. I read it like he was more experienced than her and trying to shock
2: her. Yeah, that makes sense. I can get behind that. At, at least it makes you like him more, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it helps me understand. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Any content
1: warnings that we need to talk about?
0: Um, mild sexual harassment, if that's a trigger, like trigger warning, not, I don't think it's handled poorly in the text. It's not a big part of the story. It's just passing and it's not passing in a funny way.
1: Oh, you mean like with all the footmen there, they're Mm -hmm. interviewing? Yeah. Yep.
0: But definitely more of like a, Hey, just FYI that it's in there. Not like it's actually something I think most people would be bothered by.
1: Yeah. And there is, so come to think of it, there is like a lot of Hugh has a lot of tragedy in his backstory. So you know, if you have family members who died in the war, may not want to read this one. At least it's
2: off page. It is off page.
1: There's yeah, no like bayoneting on screen on the page. Oh <laughs> and the spoiler-free version,
0: I'm just gonna say if this book was included in does the dog die the answer is no.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> it was I that was I love that story. I'm not gonna spoil it. It was so good. <laughs> All right, was this sexy? I thought this book was very sexy, actually. Mm-hmm.
2: I think so, even though we talked about how there wasn't actual intercourse until 90%, like it still definitely kept me engaged in the scenes that they did have.
0: I mean, for all of the quibbles I had earlier about connecting with her as a character and sort of maybe not understanding why they wanted to end up together, I have absolutely no questions about why they wanted to rip each other's clothes off.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, these are, we've talked about this before. These are like two, in this entire boarding house, these are like the two young people who are like super attractive and they just cannot stay away from each other this is like animal connection like so there's I'm not kidding because Hugh actually says that
0: there are it's two like out animal.
1: scenes that escalate
0: very quickly but not beyond like kissing and fondling and then the next scene involves the woods and a tree trunk and oh my god it was so
1: yeah. sexy I was like okay. what am I reading <laughs>
0: yeah and then when they actually finally agree to consummate their marriage this was really florid in a way that perfectly walked the line between funny and serious for me too like he compares her to a thunderstorm several times and I was like <laughs> yes and that that metaphor gets carried into their sexual encounters and I was mm-hmm. like all right sometimes Julianne Long is just showing off how good she is at her craft
2: she's she got yep. she so many callbacks she's so brilliant He's really good.
1: All right. Is there anything we forgot to talk about?
2: I have a question. Yes. Okay. Lilith finally starts to draw again because she's inspired by Hugh's eyes or smile or whatever. He's her muse now, yeah. And she leaves her notebook at Gilly's house. And Gilly, they get it and he sends it. Does she leave it there on purpose? I say yes.
1: Okay, I don't think
0: she'd think Gilly would find it and give it to him. Mm -mm. So I don't think that series of events is orchestrated, but I could see a degree of like, he's just left me and now I'm leaving him behind.
1: I think that's a part of it. And I think it was also, she left it so that Gilly could see it. Not so that he would stop what he was doing, but so that she would be like, look, my first notebook was all about you. And my second notebook is all about you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really proud of that one.
2: <laughs> well done. Yeah, I'm I inclined to think
0: she too. didn't just forget it. I think yeah. I'd be willing to continue to debate whether or not she wanted Gilly to see it.
1: Yeah.
0: I think she what didn't take think? it with her on purpose. What about you?
1: Oh, what do you what do you what do you think, Natalie?
2: Oh yeah. I mean I don't see how she could have left that. I think it was so important to her. I I don't feel like that would have been an accident. I feel like if she was going to leave it, she should have known that Gilly was going to see it. So maybe it's just a way of just saying like, we're going to move on, but this has happened to me.
1: No, It could be too.
2: Part of my just history. Like,
1: uh, just f- FYI, Gilly. Just so you know.
0: But, uh, whatever. Yes, sure. <laughs>
1: I was just wondering, I just
0: wanted- <laughs> like, wouldn't like a maid have found it. And then you have to trust that the maid's going to bring it to him. And that just seems more heavily orchestrated than would have been able to pull off. But this is fiction and I need to let it go.
2: Wait, so I mean, are you, I, you think she, she left it on accident?
0: No, I think she left it on purpose, but I think she left it like to throw it out.
1: Oh, okay. she left it, like in the trash.
0: Yeah. Like, or just consciously didn't pack it. Like, I don't want to yeah. bring this with me into my new life. Okay. So I'm going to leave it where I'm going to live the rest of my life? I, well, not if it was in the wa- waste paper basket.
1: We don't <laughs> know where it was found. It?
0: <laughs> Good question. Good question. Probably because it was too pretty. And after the wanton destruction of her previous paintings, it was too much for her to emotionally start. Right.
2: Just spill another glass of water on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, but this one actually, he was actually in her heart. So she couldn't do it. That's yeah. how you know it's true love. She couldn't destroy it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Natalie, so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. I have a question.
2: Yeah. Meg, are we going to play a quick game? Or do you want yeah. to? Yeah. Oh. So, Lane, you
1: have missed the... Sorry. You you've you got you missed the read-alongs, but we have this game that Natalie made up. And it's really fun. We play a game, and we're putting you on the spot. Okay. So, <clears throat> you just need to... You need to have... I don't even think you need two pieces of paper, but you need... Something. Well, one thing that says Delacorte Well, I'll um, just
2: say thanks for having me because after I make Lane play this, she's never gonna invite me back. So we gonna <laughs> make this make
0: this. I don't th- I think you overestimate my cruelty. So, first,
2: Delacorte yep.
0: and dot. Oh nice. So this okay. is what we're
2: gonna do. I have some quotes from all three books. And each quote has either been said by Dot or Delacorte. I'm not going to tell you who has said it. I'm going to read the quote and you are going to hold up. And then I guess since we have friends at home who are listening, you can also maybe say what your choice is. Okay. Okay. We're going to see. All right, here we go. First one, a picnic. Can I come along? Delacorte. Very good. good. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Second one. I should love to go to a donkey wedding. Dot. Dot. Very good. Oh, apple tarts. I do like apple tarts. I'm
1: going to go with dot. dot.
2: So was I. Very good. Oh. <laughs> I was nervous about that one. <laughs> Friends are wonderful. Why, just look about the room. Everyone here is a friend now. Delacourt, I agree. Very good. I rather like the word doxy. It sounds cheerful, even if it's not a wonderful thing to be. Dot. Da- Very good.
1: You're, you're, you're doing really well in this one line.
2: No, I really like it We've- better when people have mixed answers.
1: <laughs>
0: I was to say, you've also gotten everything right.
2: Meg has done these yeah, before. I've, I've heard some
1: of them before. <laughs> like last night.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> oh. All right. Wouldn't it be exciting to see your name in the newspaper, Mrs. Breedlove? Dot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. Does that make him a rogue? Ooh. I'll go Delacorte. With... Same. Yep, Delacorte. Oh,
0: that one was also one I was not sure about. The short quotes are killing me.
1: I <laughs> was lucky. That was really lucky. I wasn't sure.
2: It gave me shivers. That book. She should not have gone up into the attic. She was ever so brave. Dot. Dot. <laughs> a horse proposes to a donkey, and they get married and have a family, and that's a mule. Delacorte. That's Delacorte. Delacorte. Very good. <laughs> He is one of the most gentlemanly gentlemen I've seen. Dot? Dot. Dot. Where else does it go? I suppose one of us will need to be brave enough to find out.
1: Oh,
0: that's from the first book. I'm going to
2: go Dot. I say Delacorte. It is Delacorte. Okay. I do like voting. Dot. i agree dot that we should have a sword fight every night
0: <laughs> also the hmm. so this is the second book and i'm not as
1: uh Delacourt. delacorte i
2: mean i yeah. agree i just wanted to make sure yeah <laughs> i was like i don't foot. want to influence I'm so sorry, but I did it without thinking, Lady Daring. Dot? Dot? Dot. All right, here's your last one. And this is my personal favorite. This is not a quote, but this is just a, a thing, a comment about this person. A snore crackled through the air. It was blank, whose head was tipped back, mouth open wide. Delacourt. Dot. Okay.
0: Delacourt's snores are such a through line. I
2: know, but he doesn't, the I guess. Very make, beginning. beginning when like Angelique and Delilah are meeting in there at the pub. And oh, Dot. Oh. Like, okay. Beginning Nice well, job. I, mean, I,
1: I think you did better on this one than you did on Lawrence
0: versus Beowulf. <laughs> that was impossibly hard.
1: That was the most fun. Thank you for setting you it, it up, Natalie. You. That was
2: fun. Thank
1: this is you, what Natalie.
2: We, this is what we do during our call. So each book I pull them. And so this is really easy. I just pulled them from the notes that I've had for all of our calls so far so that Lane could participate.
1: I know. So <laughs> if you're listening to this episode and you have not participated in a read along, we would be happy to have you. Um, check us out. Yep. We have a link free linktree slash plottrists and one of them is a link to our discord server where you can join us Forgot god we had a discord thank you all so much for listening (laughs) we'd love it if you would rate review subscribe check us out around the internet like i said go to our link tree and you can see all the links but we are especially active on instagram uh, and goodreads and natalie a reminder
2: where can we find you Instagram also <laughs> kiss and let me tell you because I like to tell people my opinion love it you should come on more often and I- oh yeah sure I've really enjoyed my um my special time here today with you guys
1: oh good we
0: enjoyed it too